1: just go to cars.com It's magical.
2: Hello, friends. Welcome to Radio Free Mavericks. This is Kirk Henderson coming to you on Monday afternoon. We're doing an emergency pod unplanned. Following my wish Friday afternoon for Mavericks news, former Mavs Moneyball editor, current staff writer at The Athletic, Tim Cato, dropped an absolute banger of a story uh, called Inside the Mavs Front Office. Mark Cuban's shadow GM is causing a rift with Luka Doncic reported and put together by Tim Cato and Sam Amick. Uh, If you don't subscribe to The Athletic, they have a dollar, like, a month subscription. You should go get it. Uh, They just do really nice work, a great app, uh, and, and good sports journalism. It's the sort of stuff that we at Mavs Moneyball as, as kind of part-timers, you know, some former reporters, some, you know, analysts and, and fan, fan analysts, we just, we can't do this stuff. Uh, And that's what, you know, you need to pay real journalists for. Uh, So I really recommend it. Um, So the, the gist of the story, if you haven't read it, or if you've read links and, and I really, again, can't recommend going and getting it enough is that, Jarell Vulgaris, who we touched upon Friday, kind of their director of analytics, former gambler, uh, who has kind of a, a Mark Cuban con- consigliere of sorts now, um, has been at kind of the heart of some of the challenges that the Mavericks have faced from a team-building perspective the last few years. Uh, there's lots of off-the-record damning quotes about him. Cuban goes on the record to say that they have you know, uh, a lot of faith in, in her boss. and, and, uh, you know, it's the sort of, of thing that, you know, I don't really know what I expected Cuban to say. Otherwise I really just wish he would have said no comment. There's some stuff in there about Rick Carlisle and how Rick Carlisle, how adaptable he is both as a coach and as a, as, in terms of situation. Um, it's a great story and highlights some of the really confusing things we've been dealing with. Um, it's, it's just crazy, uh, because I don't know how to really process this, other than it confirms nearly everything Josh Bowe and I have been questioning going back to the 2019 offseason. Long, long time uh, listeners of the show probably remember Josh Bowe and I absolutely losing our minds on the moment of uh, the, when Dallas just dropped the ball at the start of the 2019 free agency. And then we were also kind of all equally baffled on draft night when the Mavericks went for a guy who and Josh Green, who doesn't really do the sort of things that the Mavericks as a team have been doing. So it's just a number of, you know, the, the, Wright signing, there's just a fair number of weird things. And, and, you know, it kind of puts it all in, in a certain level of perspective that is, is very, very strange. And, and at the night of, uh, Josh, Bo and I, uh, 2019, were talking about how this sort of off season lays the lays the foundation for Luca to figure out a way to leave in, you know, five or six years. People got very upset with us, but then you're reading the story and now the Mavericks internally are kind of of the same opinion. Now it's important to kind of understand where all this is, is, could be coming from. Um, I don't know who Tim's sources are. I don't want to question Tim's sources, but it was, there was very little in that article about Donnie Nelson um and as we have been talking in the Mavs Moneyball chat I think one of the things that's important to understand is that there are a lot of parties at fault here when I say at fault I mean in terms of team building and the Mavericks uh when they made the decision to go get Chris Stapp's Porzingis in February I guess it was late January 2019 their margin for error slimmed to to next to nothing and they simply haven't um they simply haven't been able to, to you know, they've made a number of mistakes since that margin for error slimped. Um, we, we talk about, you know, the DeLon Wright signing was bad and uh, the, the trading of Seth Curry for Richardson was bad. Uh, and, and so those are kind of the major moves that they've made. And, and you know, the then we pair that with some of the, the free agency decisions. And, and they just haven't had, you know, since getting Luca, then getting KP, they've, they've simply swung and missed repeatedly. And that puts these guys in a very, very difficult uh, position because Karol Bob is taking a lot of the heat in this. And he should. If, if Luka Doncic doesn't like him, like that is not a good thing. It, there's just no way around that. But it is a bigger challenge that within the front office, and then you know it goes all the way up to Cuban, of a series of smart people. And they all are smart people. We, we just have to say that out loud. But no one willing to budge seems to be part of the problem. It's a bunch of smart people who, you know, I, I keep thinking that that uh, finger gun scene in the office where they're all like slowly raising and lowering their hands. And it's it's simply where we are now. I think part of why this has got us all up in arms and it should have us up in arms um, is that we're just not used to drama from the Mavericks. Things don't get out without good reason in, you know, losing if, in the first round after having a two game lead, there's, there's pretty good reason for things to to get out. Um, but it, it, you know, where, where things go from here is going to be really worth paying attention to. Um, they have some opportunities. This was the big, you know, if they planned, you know, our, our guy, Xavier, who may or may not be in the chat has repeatedly pointed out that the plan was to get to the 2021 off season with some space and make some moves. He's right. I simply think that was a bad plan. Um, and, and it, you know, I, I kind of think uh, that they don't they expected the leap that Luca had in year two, this is my me just guessing. I, if I were to bet they expected Luca's leap that happened in year two to actually wait and happen in year three. I don't think they meant to be as good as they were in 2019, 2020 uh, with Luca being an all NBA level player. And so that really sped up their timetable and pushed that margin for error into it to being even smaller. It, so there's there's a lot going on here, so um before you know first start bringing folks up on stage to talk, I would like to just let folks know that I have a limited amount of time, so let's speed through some comments and questions and get back to it. Coming up first is Sean, Sean, how are we? Sean uh, are- I'm
3: good, yeah, I'm good, yeah you know? this is a very Cuban thing to just kind of let a professional gambler, control everything about his organization. Yeah. (laughs) Controlling the rotations is probably the most surprising thing Mm. to me. Just because I can't see Rick being thrilled about that. You know, not being able to make in-game adjustments, not being able to I think
2: that's the one part of the story I kind of raised my eyebrow at because I don't see Carlisle letting that happen. I mean, he's a slave to his own rotations. Like like sure. him doing someone else's that just feels weird to me.
3: Yeah. I, it's just, if, if it is true, I am not sure if he wants to be here that much longer.
2: Well, you know, he's, he's attached to a generational player. So yeah. there's you know there there's 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 a lot to be you know I, I talked about at the beginning of this off season you know right after they got out that this was an opportunity for an entire organizational period of reflection, uh, you know almost an audit of sorts um, where they can look and say who's done things well, who hasn't worked out, what can we change because when Dirk was in his prime, they subbed out the team three distinct times if you kind of look at at the way things were going where they moved on from steve nash then they moved away from avery johnson and then they eventually won the championship uh and granted they were subbing players in and out you know josh howard got moved on for those guys later in the year this is it's just the nature when you have a, a super duper star. That's kind of what happens. And so I, I'd expect this off season to have big changes, regardless. I think I'm just a little surprised that something like this came this fast and furious, particularly on the heels of Donny Nelson's really strange and we didn't like. I mean, we talked about him on Friday. His comments. So.
3: Yeah. It's, this these last this last week has just kind of been kind of an unloading on the Mavs. hmm
0: so,
3: And a lot of it has been well-deserved, you know? And right. I guess my second point or second thing from the articles, the drafting of Josh green and Tyrell Terry
2: <laughs> was that explains a lot. Doesn't it? It, 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 it
3: explains everything. And
2: mm-hmm.
3: especially from like, I've noticed Josh green likes to, uh, he's been very defensive on Twitter
2: Yeah, he's a young man. You know, many of us, including myself, could often take the advice of logging off.
3: Yeah, I I don't do that enough. But he's also, he doesn't look very, he's never looked very happy on the bench. And I'm just, if he is the one that nobody wanted, that would make a lot of sense to me. Yeah. And if he knows that, that's just, you know, that's not a recipe for a good situation.
2: Well, but, it's certainly a mess, but, you know, whether it's that big of a mess, we'll see.
3: Well, his mess, like the Josh Green mess, isn't as big of a deal as everything else, but it's just kind of another thing. Yeah, yeah. But, but that, that's really all I got. This this cool. whole story is just bananas,
2: you know. Yeah, well, thank you for joining, Sean. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for bringing me up. Mm-hmm. All right, coming up next, we're going to bring on Jordan, our man across
1: I'm doing good. This is actually kind of a great time for me to be on. So, middle of the day. Um, the biggest surprise to me from this piece was uh, that it seems like Finley no longer has a voice in the front office. That Maybe not surprised, but the thing that upset me the most. Because mm. I felt like he has put in the work. Um, also, even the work before he ever, like, retired, uh, from basketball like you know it's just like I, I'm just very frustrating or it's very frustrating to me because I was hoping that Finley would be the guy to eventually replace Donnie and so this but, whole situation is just very frustrating
2: I completely understand that there there's it's it's a strange deal that I don't really know I mean on the one hand part of me is like oh hey some some off the record discussion actual things instead of us you know which which is what we were doing for a week Kind of casting out into the flames. I saw, you know, head of Locked On Mavs, or I'm sorry, but, you know, Locked On Mavs host Nick was talking about. Said, mm-hmm. "See, I told you it wasn't Donnie." Well, I mean, this is this this is a Donnie. Yes. This is like Donnie's side of the story. For God's sakes, so yes. Like, it, it, like, and that's fine. I I, w- I would be fine hearing everybody's side to the story because there's always more than one. And and the thing that I just kind of keep circling back to is how. Uh, and, And my man Kenny in the chat has been talking about this for a long time where it's like Luca is the hard part. So if you fuck up the other things that is on like that was the part that you as GM, you as team builder, Cuban, all these guys, this was the part that you have to get right. And not to say that they've gotten it wrong, but it's not worked in the way that I think they would have envisioned. And building back from 2019 to 2021 where they were looking at all these free agents with cap space, I just don't think it was a good plan. And, you know, I was I've been revisiting a lot of kind of our our old free agency work. Like and and today, 2016 should have been the breaking point for for Donnie Nelson. It really should have been. But that was when that was the free agency where they boofed repeatedly and then ended up with Harrison Barnes. And like I kind of that was when my, my like big summer of Twitter, like like lunacy, where if you go look for my tweets in July of 2016, I was like I was insane for like a week because I knew Harrison Barnes wasn't the guy. And I, I was disappointed. And it's just like, Dirk, you know, the, the plan for the, the better part of 2011 forward was, well, Dirk exists, which each year forward as he gets older wasn't fair. And right. I, I'm, I'm not right. Like, this is an overreaction. But at the moment, I feel like the plan is, well, Luca exists. And so how are we supposed to do anything, you know, if, if things don't work out? And, and really, it's that, you know, Luca and KP work really well on paper. And the numbers really, really do work well when they play well together and they're both playing well. It's that there's Mm -hmm. just, there's that certain, what's the, it's the French phrase, like je ne sais quoi, like, like, it's hard to put my finger on what isn't working other than I just know that it isn't working. Um, Right. Yeah. So. I would say the only person who like really
1: comes out from this article looking good is Donnie, which makes me think he's the number one source. Which is (laughs)
2: it's like, well, if, if not him, people in the organization that are. You know, on that you know, side, like maybe things, you could argue of that side of the story.
1: Um, yeah, or even like you could argue, you know, maybe Finley, like I said earlier, or even KP, or uh, uh, I think maybe Mosley is the one who pointed out some of the coaching things. It just seems like he would try to defend Rick a little bit more. So yeah. I don't know. It just yeah. seems crazy. All of this is just. Uh, I kind of wish we knew who the sources were, so that we could ask the other people for their side of the story, because. Some of the things just don't seem to add up. Um I do see Green getting a lot of hate after this. Like Yeah. I actually like Green. Um I think he's going to be a few years to develop, so that might be the problem. I did have so I like I I'm a draft guy. I even I do a draft podcast. And like I had Green like twenty fifth on my board and we drafted him at eighteen. So like I get it. Um I get that it was a reach, but I still think he's getting maybe more hate than he deserves, but yeah. So
2: I don't have much else to say. Well, thank you, Jordan. I appreciate it. You have a good day. Okay. You too. All right. So we got, I don't know, like 10 people that I want to try to run through um, just because I do have to go back to work. So up next, our
4: returning guest Akiva, what's happening?
5: There we go. How are you? Hello. Hi, Kirk. Yep. Hi. You can hear me, right? Uh, Hey, Kirk. Thanks for the opportunity. Listen, uh, I know you have to run. I'm going to make like four or five points. I want to make, I'm going to do it really quick, really quick. Uh, Every organization, the fish, fish rots from the head. In this case, the head is Mark Cuban. Mm. I don't care how many billions he's made as a businessman. uh, As a, as a, franchise owner of the Dallas Mavericks he stinks and as a result you have bad management and as a result you have a bad coach all those things can be true just because they don't have good talent uh Carlisle cannot be free of blame here and the easiest thing to fix and the quickest thing to fix is to hire the right coach now I heard this I saw this quote by Cuban I thought I I you know I've heard a lot of stupid things from him. This was the stupidest yet. He says when, he, when asked if he wants to, if he's considering firing Carlisle after this, uh, this bad season, he says uh, he's not going to uh, consider a change unless he can get somebody, quote, much, much, much better th- than Carlisle. Three matches. Uh, simply better than Carlisle is not enough for him. He's got to get somebody much, much, much better. That's an idiotic quote. Uh, second, well, we we know your feelings on Carlisle. What else? We- second, if Luca, we're going to see with Luca now if he has a burning desire to win championships. If he does, Carlisle will be fired this off season. Oh, if he wow. doesn't, yes. He,
2: no. Uh, this is your Ma- worst take. Your Cuban take. Will- M- Magic Johnson <laughs>
5: fired a coach in his rookie year. Because he saw he couldn't win with him. And they won that first year. Yeah, he had, he had Kareem. But he saw that they, they had the wrong coach. He fired the coach in his rookie year. Let's see if Luca can have the same Cleonis. Uh Carlisle. Uh, one, one point with Carlisle. Major illustration. Uh, he plays Richardson the entire year. As a starter and major minutes.
2: You know why that is, right? Because Bill Duffy is Luka Doncic and his agent. There was a lot of politics involved there. Then you then how come you didn't play him as a, in the playoffs? How come you didn't play him in the playoffs? Because at a certain right. point you got to knuckle down and, and go back to what what should have worked. They gave him a long. Kirk,
5: that's a long time to knuckle. Wrong time to knuckle down in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I don't
2: disagree, but I'm just telling you how these things work. With there's means- a
5: lot of politics. Andre Drummond got signed to the Lakers due to politics, not because he's good at basketball. Any coach worth his salt is, is, would never put up with that kind of interference. That, I nah, mean, it's not. It, it,
2: that's what the article talks about, though, in terms of Carlisle's kind of a willingness to be adaptable. Because it's like at a certain point with a guy like Cuban and a guy like uh, Haralobob, you're arguing with the Tide. Uh,
5: the other point, uh, Kirk, I run a small business, successful small business, whatever. Sure. When I, when I have an employee, I have like 10 workers. If I have an employee that I don't like, he's, I, don't, I don't think he's, he's, he's producing, I never think about, oh, am I going to be able to replace him? Who is out there? Oh, yeah, I've interviewed many, many people for, for, my, for my business, and uh, some of them sound gr- good in interviews. I never know what I'm going to get. But I never thought, oh, I can't fire this guy because I don't know if I can replace him. If he's bad enough, I'm gonna I'm gonna fire him, and I'm gonna take my chances and find eventually some, find somebody good. You know, you can't think sure. like that. You can't think like that. This well, guy but, has going on eleven years now. Come
2: well, on. but you're you're like like again, this whole like you're off like the 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 front. Your point about Cuban is 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 kind of the the overarching thing where he's turned into Jerry Jones, and nobody knows how to discuss that because Jerry, you know, football and basketball are slightly different. But with Cuban's involvement to the level that it is, is a bit of a challenge, and that's where where this this whole story sort of stems from. Everything downhill.
5: All right, Be- very similar to what the Knicks, what, what the very similar to what the Knicks have have with, had with before for many years. With I would uh, argue the it's name? worse.
2: The, I would argue it's worse because because Cuban is so vocal and so like you know you don't get. Uh, the the Knicks the Knicks owner on the record anytime you want something like o- honestly guys every single person in this chat could go send Mark Cuban an email if you just look hard enough for his email address and if it's short enough he'll probably respond he does I've I've done it on occasion when I when I need a short line it's just that's that's odd it's not a normal thing no other uh, you know you're a business owner you just said it yourself like you don't have time to talk to everybody you've got work to do right. So if I so if
5: I tweet if I if I email Ruben and say fire Carlisle, he'll respond to me.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I really think he might. I really do. <laughs> so, all right, I got to bring okay. some more folks up. You got anything else? Yeah. No, thank you, buddy. That's have good a good day, enough. buddy. All right, Chris, how you doing? See if the audio is going to work. Chris, you might have to quit and rejoin if the audio is not going to work for you. Okay, coming up next, Paymon. Friend.
6: Well, Kirk, I was uh, trying to enjoy my Monday morning and got, uh, got ambushed by all this news. So it's going good. It's going pretty good so far. Okay, um, what, what do we got? I, I just wanted to say one thing about all this news coming out. I think uh, I have, I've heard a few people say that this kind of somehow like exonerates Donnie Nelson as if like this was all this um, – this guy's fault. This, uh, this uh, the sports gambler, and Donnie somehow is now able to, you know, do his job. And I, I just, I, what I want, I hope that I want the dialogue around Donnie to not necessarily be about this this stuff, but like more about this guy might not be the guy to do the job because he's got so much other shit on his plate that nobody talks about or even realize. Yeah. I don't think a lot of Mavs fans realize how much things this guy uh, has his hands into. And I just. <sighs> I just think that, like, I'm wondering if this is kind of like – you said it earlier, that the source may be Donnie. It's sounding like it. I just think the focus needs to be more on that guy because, guys, when we talk about Donnie, it shouldn't be – it should be – okay, the transactions are bad, right? And a lot of people are putting it on this guy. But what what about everything else this guy does? What about everything he says, his quotes, just – yeah, I'm probably ranting here, but you know you no, know no. what I'm getting at?
2: Well, but that, that's where Akiva's point about everything being from Cuban on down has to matter, because there has to be some sort of accountability. And it sounds ridiculous to say, okay, there needs to be accountability for a team that just made the playoffs two years in a row. But the challenge has become when Luka Doncic is clearly frustrated with things. Like, the fact that the story leads with an anecdote about Luka getting pissed at the director of analytics speaks volumes, but it is not about... We're all uh, about Mr. Volgaris in so much as it is this entire kind of strange to- – like, like I don't want to call it a toxic work culture, but we've all – like everybody who's had a job has worked in a job where things didn't work and it felt strange. And this is what's kind of like, – like the descriptions were, were, in the story are of an environment that is not particularly conducive to collaboration. It's a lot of people who are convinced that they're the smartest guys in the room. And oddly, at least in the story, the only one who seems to have any adaptability is Rick Carlisle um, who I wouldn't exactly, you know, I wouldn't paint him as an adaptable person personally. That's just me. Um, it, it's, it's very, it, it's very disconcerting uh, that, that this, you know, when you get the hard part, then you have a bunch of people finger pointing and I, I, I just kind of keep going back to things that i that I've felt for two or three years where, you know, they were planning ahead to 2021, which, as as Mavs Moneyball contributor Xavier points, is a, like, he, he there's a lot of reasons why they should have done that. But I'm just in the same position of there being a lot of reasons why they should have built for the now, as opposed to for the future. And they might, want, you know, they might have built for 2021 free agency to theoretically walk away with a team that's not decidedly different. And that's very concerning, because... Again, Luca's the hard part. Luka is a demanding guy. He ought to demand excellence from this team while taking his $200 million contract to the bank. He can do both. The Mavericks owe it to him because he's why they're in a position to be good and why the team is making money. I mean, I don't know if like this is a little sidebar, but Luka Doncic is likely going to be the cover athlete for NBA 2K. Dirk Nowitzki is going to be the legendary cover uh, cover art guy. Like the Mavericks matter in the cultural discussion, which means more money for everyone that is affiliated with the Mavericks. So it's just like it's on everyone to figure this out and get something together.
6: Yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree. I think, uh, I think this issue is it goes a lot deeper than people people realize. Like with the with the master, it's not just one person. It's a it, it goes down the line. It, it, like this thing has roots, and uh, I think that's the thing that people um, when you start looking into it. I mean. And this is just one side note just really like I don't understand. Is the Texas Legends thing is just one example I always bring up about Johnny's yes. involvement. That that doesn't make any sense to me. One thing I hope everyone should look into this. No other GM, and, and and this is how these kind of guys intertwine themselves and are inseparable with this organization. There's no reason for our GM to have this much ownership of. Does does he, he owns it outright? Does he not?
2: I, I he does own it outright. From what I you understand, he should not be able to do that. That's I don't want to not speak. be able to do that. I have to be very careful about this kind of commentary in the sense of I will simply encourage people to go look at the number of like you can probably figure some things out using the old Internet to see the various side businesses and investments that Donnie Nelson is involved in. And it's just it it to me, it doesn't seem like the Mavericks are his number one priority and nor have they been for a while. Now, I can't speak to that. factually I'm just saying this is a feeling based off of the sheer number of things that I've come across. And so you like, you roll all these things together and it just makes me ask the question of what is everybody in this room doing where Cuban is sort of giving over power to a guy who, uh, frankly, I mean, I get why he trusts for all of us. Like I really do because the man has made, he is a self-made millionaire from analytics, like through his gambling, like he knows what he is talking about, but sometimes that like what you see on a computer doesn't equate to what comes out on the court. And so, you know, him being a big Delon Wright guy actually tracks with some things that, that I've known for a while. And it's just like Delon Wright is is was not a good signing. He was it was a confusing signing. And they seem to be that was like their target in 2019. And and it's just a lot of this is just very, very odd. I, I I'm not like I I'm glad that we have some news to talk about, but I just it's I don't know what to do with it beyond this feels weird. And you know, the 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 aforementioned points that Cuban is is not part of the
6: right well and that's you know this is basically all i had to say i know you got a lot of people to get through i mean i think you're right we got the hard part done it's just i think i'm kind of glad they're getting this much heat and i mean as much as i'm not used to like uh this like they keep everything in house and it's um kind of like keeping up with the kardashians at the moment but you know i think the, the accountability part will be there so you know we'll figure it out but yeah it, it does feel weird but you know maybe this is just part of uh you know how you get through to the the solution? I guess we'll find out. Thanks, Kirk. For
2: sure. Have a good day. Okay, coming up next, we're gonna bring on Jason. What's happening, Jason? How you doing?
7: I, on the one hand, I'm not surprised. We've literally been talking about this for like a year. It feels like at this point, just the dysfunction, the front office, and I, I don't know. We can I, I, we can repeat this. Like it's honestly nothing new. Like even though Haralabab was had a bigger role than I thought he did. Honestly, this is kind of what I expected. I'm just surprised that it actually got out. So the thing that I kind of want to talk about is Carlisle. And the fact... I feel like it look, makes him look pretty good, honestly. Because, like, I was like, like the other guy that was up here is like, oh my gosh, Carlisle and Luca, it's so bad. Like, what I got from the article was that, okay, Carlisle, he adapted to what Luca is as a generational player, and became more flexible and now he's not in trouble anymore. And I was at, the only thing I was surprised with Carlisle is the fact that he was actually in trouble at some point in the season which super surprised me because I thought he was super solid the whole way and, I mean, he's super solid
2: now at least. Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't know. People are allowed to have differing opinions on this. I mean, I do kind of think everyone is broadly frustrated and that matters, so. yeah,
7: And just, like, with, like, Kerala Bob and the analytics thing, it's like, I mean, I'm a data guy, I know you're a data guy, it's like, there's, if you look closely at some of the models, there's certain types of players that Dallas likes, Delon Wright, Josh Richardson, and there's certain statistics that they exemplify, and this makes a lot of sense, when maybe it makes a lot of sense on paper, but you see the same thing happen two years in a row, and it's like, holy cow, and yeah. I say this as J-Rich Island. Like, it, it, J-Rich <laughs> is, like, is not a starting guard, with the Mavs, yeah. at least. He might be a no. starting guard somewhere else, but the Mavs scheme, it's high pick-and-roll, spread pick-and-roll. Like, J-Rich just does not make sense there. So, yeah. like, he can be a good bench guy. He can be a good starter somewhere else with more effective defense principles, but not here, not with our personnel, so... Oh, I'll oh, get out of here. I, I just wanted to rant a little bit. This, like, I don't feel that bad, honestly. Like, no, I really don't feel that. bad. It's just,
2: it, it's like,
7: so this is confirmation bias. It's so much. It just it yeah. makes me feel so good that I'm right, but it also makes me horrified that I'm right. It's well, just... and
2: and so the chat is talking about this, so I had to go look it up. Like Mark Cuban just retweeted Tim's story with total bullshit, which I. I agree with everyone in the chat where it's like, this just gives me some some sense that there's enough accurate things in there to have rankled them. But here's my beef, and we're just, I'm going to get them. Before I move on to the next person, I want to note that I am absolutely sick and fucking tired of the Dallas Mavericks team and team officials. This goes down to – I'm not going to list them, but y- you can probably do so in the chat and be right, where there's various public-facing Dallas officials who love to call out actual journalism as fake news. And let me just say – Fuck that noise. I am tired of it. The constant PR facing battle where it's like, this is a team that had a sexual harassment and uh, domestic violence scandal under their hood for a period of years. We don't trust you all anymore, or at least we shouldn't, because there's just enough stuff going on where I'm tired of being told that it's raining while somebody's pissing on my leg. This is stupid. You know, sometimes things are just true. And and you know we we can figure out how to deal with that later. You know the 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 point is is that this much drama surrounding a team that has a generational superstar is very very annoying.
7: It's so annoying. And like one last thing with this generational superstars thing, like Tony Ronzoni, the international scout that found Luca, he also got accused of sexual harassment. Which I, I was I was thinking about this like a year ago when that came out. I was like. This makes me feel really bad about having Luca. in some sense. I'm like, okay, I'll just ignore it. I'll just forget about it. And then, like, this all comes to full circle here. I'm just like, oh, my goodness. This, oh, it feels so bad. I don't know. I don't want to think about the map too much right now. It's kind of
2: horrifying. We'll get back to your day. You have a good one. You too. Okay, got about 10 minutes. Brian, what's happening? Don't mute yourself, Brian. You're a locker room champ. Come on now. You know how to use the app, okay? Brian muted himself and doesn't realize it. Uh Marcos, what's happening? Hi. How you doing?
4: How you doing? Hi, hi, uh, very good. Um, Kirk, I think this is the best thing that could happen, in my opinion. Love it. Why? Yeah, because, my, uh, because I think this puts... Huge pressure in the front office. I don't care what Carla says, but from what Cuban says, he's. I don't. I, I think he's done a horrible job running the the team, but I do think, think this puts a, a huge amount of pressure in the front office, and also it gives a shortage to anyone in there uh, about the Bob uh, guy. Look, I don't think. I think analytics. Is good and everything has it to a, to a point and I do think Cuban made a mistake giving, giving him too much power which creates you know a conflict between him and Donny and now but the, the responsible is Q1 but I don't, you say you you said that that Q that Donny has a, a lot of other interests, you know other, another business. And if he has that, then he's not the right man for the job because Q1 also has uh, a lot of businesses and he's not in front of the maps every day. So he needs to put someone in the job who's only about the maps and all the time and doesn't have to be thinking about other things and doesn't run the franchise like, like a normal GM would do
2: could not agree more could not agree Your point more. about uh, sunshine being the best disinfectant is outstanding. Um, it's the same thing, you know, Cuban responding this way is similar to how they responded to the sexual uh, uh, harassment stuff where it's just denied, deny. It's very political. And I, I used to work in politics. So it's like, this stuff is, is very much my jam um, <laughs> to where it's just like you, you read what people are saying, you figure it out and you try to, you know, you try to interpret and, this this may be good long term for the Mavericks because they need to get out in front of this while there's still time to fix things.
4: Yes, I agree. And Q1, you know, the the, the way Q1 responded is it's it's plain it's plain what is what is he's always been. You know, he's very reactionary, very outspoken. He, so I don't know if the in the end how it will affect him, but but. I think in the, you know, in, in the end, I think now that this has gone out, no matter what uh, the mask, now we have to do something, no matter what. So there's no way that they don't do something.
2: Yep. Yep. Well, thank you very much, Marcos. Sure. All right. I'm going to bring up a couple more people than I really got to go. So coming up next is my friend, Kenny, uh, who I don't think I've actually talked with Kenny before on this, but this is good. Kenny, bring us, bring us some heat. Yo, can you hear me? Man, I'm tired.
8: I'm tired. Like, Cuban's total bullshit thing that he just said, I know I know it's true. In 2001, I sat on the floor at a Mavs game, two rows behind Mark Cuban. I said, Cuban, is it true that you offered Steve Nash and Dirk Nowitzki for Vince Carter? He turned around, looked me in my eyes when I was 16. He said, no. And I knew it was a lie. <laughs> I knew it was a lie. 100% it was a lie. I knew it. Ever since then, I never trusted him. Love it. Like, I'm, I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. The front office is a awful. Mavs fans have been bashing me for years because I'm very critical of this front office. They're just sure. awful. I'm 35 years old. I've been doing this a long time. They're awful. They looked up into Dirk Nivitsi. They looked up into Luka Doncic. And you can't sit. He added me a couple months ago and sent me like 10 tweets talking about this team is good. COVID this, COVID that. Yeah, COVID's not the reason that everybody on the team sucks, okay? (laughs) They suck because they suck. The team is awful. Instead of getting a better roster, they gaslight the fans into thinking the roster is great
2: so they don't have to actually go and do
8: their goddamn jobs. It's so annoying.
2: Well, that's where I've been. That part, I've been there for a long time because it's okay if things don't work and I know you kind of got to put a PR spin on things when things don't go hundred percent according to plan. But at some point where it's like, I, you know, I, I, I keep thinking there's a, there's an old Sarah Silverman quote. I tweeted it out earlier where it's like, if you keep having bad roommates, that means you're the bad roommate. Exactly. And, and it's like, there's gotta be a little bit of accountability. And where that really comes in is the fan base getting pissed. I've yeah. really enjoyed the the responses to legacy media the last week where it's like your your Dallas Morning News calmness and some of these people who are just like, not like blindly defending, but just sort of really surprised that people are super pissed. Mm-hmm. And it, it's because, you know, what, what will actually matter is if the customers get mad enough about this. And, you know, the fans are the customers. And so you start demanding more. Eventually that's going to change because again, Cuban hears people as evidenced by some of the stuff that you heard earlier this year Uh uh, from him. Like it it becomes a thing where it's like, they're constantly trying to win a PR war instead of just going out and making the team better. And, you know, I I suppose they're probably trying to do that. Like they believe their own plan, but it's just how, how many times you need to, to, you know, get hurt before it's, you know, you look in the mirror. Exactly. I got one more point. So like you, you said,
8: accountability, there is none. There there has to be a point where you say, hey, guys, this plan didn't work. We're going to cut our losses and move on to something else. Like I've been saying for years, like the Rondo trade, I was for. Yes, we had the number one offense, but I thought Rondo was going to take us to another level. We got the Rondo trade. It didn't work. Instead of saying, look, we screwed up on the Rondo trade. Let's move on. Let's, but instead, they go. You know what? We got this. Is now the Dwight Powell trade. He's off. He's awesome. He's great. Let's give him fifty million dollars. He's great, <laughs> and they know he can't play. Yeah,
2: they know it.
8: Just accountability is my number one word. There is none, and I'll let you move on to someone else. No, Kenny. Kenny,
2: plug your plug your plug your own podcast.
8: Before oh, you get oh yeah. My my pod is um, called No Name Mass Pod. I just did. Uh, like an hour episode last week on locker room and I just shitted on the mask completely for an entire hour. And it's very well-deserved. It's my most listened to episode <laughs> and um, please listen to it. It's it's, it's great. I'm going to listen to it again <laughs> right after this. So have a good day, Kenny. Thanks man. I appreciate y'all.
2: Mm-hmm. All right. So guys, I got to, I, I regret to inform everybody. I have to, I have to get, get out of here. I will do another one of these a little later in the week. Cause I know we want it, There's going to be more things that come out of this. Uh, There's just going to be so much to talk about. Uh, We'll be writing about this at mavsmoneyball.com. We have a bunch of content up right now, but it kind of looks uh, a little dead at the moment just because it doesn't break the news or you know it's not touching on the news. But I want to give Tim's uh, to Tim Cato's piece a shout out once more because he's really good at this. You guys should subscribe to the Athletic. You guys should subscribe to the Mavs Moneyball podcast if you don't. I have to go. You guys have yourself a great day, and we will talk to you soon.